what is up everybody it is tuesday four o'clock in the eastern which means it's time for the monster maverick show even though you know past month or two has been a little spotty for me and uh apologies for that but uh so like last week i i didn't have a show and that's because i was just feeling like garbage <laughs> you know and today i woke up i woke up with a headache but you know i've managed to rally throughout the day so it has worked out and we actually have a show today and before that i had all my internet problems uh, you know, trees falling on my power lines and whatnot. You know, it's interesting. So my my Wi-Fi has been kind of spotty uh, past couple of weeks. So I went ahead and I just bought a uh, an Ethernet cable so I can run a, you know, a long one. So I can run from my computer here at my desk uh, over, you know, across the basement to my, uh, to my router. And even with that, the internet still goes uh, still goes in and out intermittently for like a second, uh, and you know it's and yeah so so those two trees are gone because uh, they fell down, and um, but yeah so so I have I have fiber optic to the house right so it's it's a light signal coming in to the house and then it goes to the router uh, in my uh, in my closet back here, and I'm plugged directly into that so it should be very very reliable but. You know, every overnight is actually the worst. Uh, I'll come back in the morning and, and it'll open tabs as it reconnects, and I'll like go to like MSN.com or, or whatever for some reason. But uh, yeah, it's just super weird. Uh, fortunately, it doesn't happen during the day very often, um, so we should be fine uh, for for Monster Mavic purposes, anyway. <laughs> But, you know, it's 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 weird because, you know, when I had the guys out here um, from AT&T looking at the uh, at the uh, at everything, they said, well, you know, you have you have fiber optics. So it's either on or it's off. There's no like loose connections or anything uh, because like you would get on a copper or in or in cable or anything. So uh, it shouldn't be doing that. And I, I could get a business plan so, so I can bitch about it. Yes, I could. But then I would just pay more. So right now I'm paying 50 bucks a month, which is uh, tolerable, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so it's been it's been a little eventful kind of uh, time here. You know, we had some announcements with lands. We had uh, actually, I don't know. Do we have a show since the since the second presale? Uh, yeah, it'll be a write-off. It's a write-off anyway. Don't worry about that. Um, Starling soon, yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, to to wideband uh, internet, you know, by satellite. So that's what, or satellite or high altitude balloons or whatever it is they're doing. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be good. Um, you know, upload speeds I think will be an issue, but uh, downloads will be great. So, so yeah, it's been a eventful couple of weeks. Um, I don't know where I want to start. Uh, so let's, well, let's start with the usual stuff. So, you know, we have, uh, I'll do my announcement kind of stuff. So, you know, as always, we have Deck 101. That's where if you want to burn your rewards cards, better off sending them to Deck 101. You'll get more. And we have Deck 404, which is our account sharing uh, uh, system where, you know, an owner delegates cards into it. A player comes in, plays those cards. They split the rewards. Uh, so that's all working well. You know, we're growing slowly there. But, you know, uh, as as you probably all know, you know, Gerber is my partner there. And I can't tell you what it's going to be. Uh, but I can tell you that it's going to be exciting. 
uh, in the uh, in the coming months for some of the things that we're, we have planned there. Uh, but basically, we're waiting on, uh, uh, or sorry, we t- we're taking uh, backseat to D City improvements that uh, that Gerber is working on right now. So if you're not a D City player, uh, you should check it out. It's fun. Um, you know, people are making tons of tons of Hive and Sim and and everything else uh, in that game. And you know, uh, he's rolling out a an update for I guess version three or or edition three where you're going to be able to combine cards, much like you do in Splinterlands, for uh, creating new things and that'll have different effects, um, which is which is pretty interesting. Um, and that actually reminds me of some of the things that Agro was talking about on the AMA about, about lands. So, you know, I have, if you look on the web stream, which is uh, on mspwaves.com, it's on, it's on Vim, and it's on Theta, uh, you can see my you can see my browser and everything, and this image was uh, shared as kind of a you know I wouldn't even call it a rough draft. It'd be a um, an inspirational draft. <laughs> so I I don't think this is going to bear too much resemblance to what we end up with for the lands, but it is it is interesting in that it it has kind of the ideas that that they are uh, working through. So. You gotta imagine this whole thing is gonna be 150,000 plots uh, or 150 regions. I think it's easier to think in regions. So, you know, on a region scale, you're looking at, you know, maybe, I don't know, uh, what's the square root of 150? You think I know this, like 12? 12 and change, right? Uh, Yeah, 12.25. So you gotta think each one of these. like the the length of this island is going to be roughly 12 regions wide and the the height of the island is going to be roughly 12 regions tall and obviously it's not rectangular so it's going to be squiggly within that but you can kind of picture in your mind like overlay a grid here and then you can kind of get an idea of what a region will contain and the the thing i'm really looking for or the thing i'm really noticing in this map is all the different uh terrain types um, so I think there's going to be 14, is, if I remember right, 14 different terrain types. So there's tundra, there's desert, there's badlands, there's canyons, there's plains, uh, there's glacier, there's bog, uh, let's see, endless desert. I don't know if that's different than desert or if that's just a, t- a particular desert. Mountains, uh, swamp, and a bunch of others. So, you know, when I was originally thinking about uh, you know, what a region might contain. I was thinking that the, the, um, that the land types would be much more varied within a region. But from this, it's looking like it's going to be large swaths of, of, of land uh, types within each region. So you might not have as much variety inside one region as you might have thought. Uh, so that is something to keep in mind. So with land cell number two, I did get my region um, finally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I lost out on, on land cell number one, but, uh, you know, for, for only 1.5 million Dark Angel Kistles more, I got into, uh, I got into land cell number two. And then I also got uh, some more plots as, as Uniswap liquidity provider rewards. I'm up to 26 there. I ended up cashing out for the, um, for the, uh, for the land sale, so I'm like 26 is all I'm gonna get. <laughs> uh, 
because uh, that's that's all the dark energy still I had basically. So yeah, so I'm going to have one region somewhere, and then I'm going to have 26 random plots throughout. So I was thinking originally that before I saw this uh, before I saw this map that it would be better to to trade those 26 or sell the 26 and get ones that are that are near my region. Uh, but now that uh, I'm seeing this, then maybe not. It might be better to uh, have you know 26 of those other regions spread out somewhere else just to have more geographic variety. So I mean, we'll have to see obviously how that all go, rolls out, but uh, it is it is interesting. So things to keep in mind, and um, other things, other updates. You know, so people have been talking a lot about the raffle tickets. So I went ahead and made a <laughs> I made a spreadsheet. I know Ron will be surprised. Uh, <laughs> let's see if I can actually open that. Um, so. Basically, you know, I uh, you can see in the in the post there, I've got two uh, spreadsheet images, and basically it's like, well, we know we know the value of a region is going to be fifteen thousand uh, dollars, you know, at full retail. We know that a value of a tract is going to be the sixteen hundred is actually wrong. It should be, um, I think it's sixteen fifty, because it's eighty five percent, or or seventeen fifty. I don't know, whatever it is. Um, but it's slightly off, uh, the value of plots are going to be, so plots, you know, the, I came up with a discount based on the idea that yes, they're going to be, uh, for sale at retail at $20, but just like we see with the packs, you know, people buy the larger volume discounted packs and then they sell them off for a little bit of premium. So same kind of idea with the plots. They're going to be, they're going to be more expensive than the tracks, I think, but they will be not full retail. So you know, maybe, you know, a 10% premium, something like that. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of dice. There's going to be a bunch of untamed packs. Those are all selling at discounts right now on the Leo Dex or Hive Engine markets. And those are numbers that we know. Now, we have to guesstimate that, you know, however many dollars are spent in pre-sale number three. Um, but I think I think uh, the number I have there is, is reasonably in the ballpark. Uh, plus the 100,000 tickets for... Uniswap liquidity providers, that brings us up to about 950,000 uh, raffle tickets that are happening, and that raffle's happening in January, so in, a, in about a month. So the question, so people were, were trying to figure out what's a fair trading price for these uh, for these raffle tickets. And, you know, if we discount the totems entirely, we come out to about eight and a half cents, something like that. And if we value the tokens much more highly than zero, then it obviously increases. So you know, the way I have the math here is that it's like, well, the totems are going to impact the the plots. And so we have to assume that they're going to impact the production, uh, the productive capacity of those plots. So like, you know, if something is, is you know, mining stone at 100, then maybe a legendary totem doubles it to 200. I personally doubt it'll be too much greater than that. Um, you know, 100% bonus is a lot. So... Uh, but you know, I, it could be wrong. You know, we don't know. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of the speculation here. And, um, so, you know, I, I said, well, if it doubles the production value, then it might cost as much as a plot itself. And, uh, and then that would be for the legendaries and the epics, rares and commons would be, you know, less than that. So, uh, if, if you take that approach, then we come out to an expected value of about 16 cents per raffle ticket. And, uh, so, you know, uh, Byzantinist, 
immediately objected, say, you know, they're going to be way more than one plot. Um, they're going to be super rare and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe he's right. Uh, Yeba actually chimed in on the on the post and he said that, um, you know, something to, to consider is that, you know, the legendary totems are going to be uh, highly specific. So, uh, in fact, I'll just read his comment here. Uh, so you mentioned in the video that if a legendary totem doubles the production of a plot, then it may be worth about the same as a plot. But a key thing I think that that misses is that not all plots are created equal. For example, if someone has a legendary plot of land that contains a magical resource like Sparkstone, the plot will produce far more Sparkstone than lower rarity plots with the same resource, assuming other factors like building level and workers are the same. So the question in my mind is, if you have a legendary Sparkstone plot with a max level mine, how valuable would one of the few legendary totems that specifically increase Sparkstone production rate be to you? For something like that, even a common rarity Sparkstone totem may very significantly increase your output. And it, obviously, Yabba knows what he's talking about because he's the one designing all this stuff. So, uh, so you know, if you're looking for tickets... You know, just just keep these things in mind. Uh, I would say, you know, eight and a half cents is a base expected value and on up from there. I think 16 cents is probably fair. Uh, if you take some of these things that you have is talking about into consideration, maybe it's 30 cents, maybe it's 40 cents. I don't know. Uh, but we can take a, uh, a look here at the Leo decks. Let's see. I forget what the actual ticker is. Is it raffle? It is raffle. OK, so right now they're going for 16 cents right there so you know maybe uh people are are thinking in a similar kind of vein as me you know i wish i wish we had uh something other than than soft.hive as a as a base pair here on on leodex and hive engine but uh you know we don't so you know if you guys haven't seen it i actually floated a bond uh this uh five days ago <laughs> So, uh, and this, this is kind of related to that same issue where basically I've listed a hundred thousand tokens and the, uh, each token represents $1 of loan to me to then go to yield farming, which will then I'll pay the lenders 15%. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm listing them on, on, on Leo Dex and, and Hive Engine, uh, but I have to constantly adjust the price of the tokens because I'm I'm borrowing in U.S. dollars, but I'm you know but these prices on these on these on the decentralized exchange are in swap that high, and swap that high has its own market value in relation to U.S. dollars, so it's got to constantly adjust that. Fortunately, you know I got Gerber on my team and he was able to knock out a, a script to to automatically change the price there in like ten minutes. So <laughs> I was all resigned to doing it manually. It's like no no I'll do it for you. There you go. Uh, so that is that is pretty great. Um, so if you haven't heard about that, uh, check it out. Because, you know, I think 15% is pretty good. And, you know, I'm actually really excited about this, just in the fact that it is, um, it's accessible uh, decentralized finance. And by accessible, I mean that, you know, if you go to Ethereum or you go to, you know, it's to some degree EOS, there are other, you know, DeFi platforms, uh, obviously. Uh, did I hit record? Yes, I did hit record. <laughs> I have been known to miss that, but I did it this time. Uh, so, you know, the problem with the problem with Ethereum uh, specifically and, and EOS as well is that, you know, it's basically whale games only. And the reason for that is the gas and the staking costs. So on Ethereum, you know, you're, you're having to spend Ethereum 
uh, for gas, you know, every single transaction. I was doing some some rebalancing within within Curve the other day. I spent like uh, I don't know, 150, 200 bucks on gas fees, just pulling out of smart contracts and adding to other smart contracts. It's ridiculous. Um, and on EOS, you know, you don't have to pay gas fees, but you have to stake. Uh, like you know, I think right now it's like 70 EOS just to do anything. That's like 200 dollars locked up. In, in EOS just for the privilege of using the network at all. And if you use any kind of volume, then, you know, it increases from there. So, you know, that that really, really shuts out the little guy. And the, um, and, but on Hive, you know, the, the, the Hive power compared to the RC requirement, uh, so the staking that's required is so minimal. You know, we're talking about like 10 Hive in order to, in, in terms of Hive power, in order to you know publish JSONs and do all these kinds of transactions, so it's it's much more accessible to, to everybody, and uh, as it's turning out that that is actually uh, what we're seeing because if you go to the to the listing right here, you can see that uh, the trade history uh, this is truncated a bit, but you can see like a lot of people are doing like ones and twos and and things like that. Uh, we had somebody come in. I think the first guy came in at 500, which was nice. But uh, since then, it's been pretty much, uh, you know, 1, 2, 10, 25. Uh, so I am not exactly sure that we are going to hit our funding target because in order to get this whole thing kicked off the ground, we have to get to 30,000 tokens sold. And uh, right now we're at what? We're at, let's see, got 22, 729 there. And I got another 75, 774. So yeah, we've only sold you know fifteen hundred of these tokens. Uh, so we'll you know to get to thirty thousand by December thirty first. Not sure that's going to happen, but uh, you know, worst case, I just return all the funds to the lenders, and then we just go on our way. But uh, you know, I know some people have expressed interest in uh, in uh, you know larger portions, and you know we'll see how that all develops. But for right now, I am. I am, uh, what's the opposite of cautiously optimistic? Uh, cautiously, uh, you know, what's the opposite of optimism? A pessimistic. <laughs> That's the word. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited just in, in the fact that it is, you know, accessible DeFi. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. And just, you know, creating these kinds of uh, financial structures as new things in the world is, is exciting. Yes, cautiously pessimistic. That's right, Cal. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting times, you know, the whole crypto world is interesting right now. Uh, you know, I wrote this post, the crypto revolution is just getting started. And that is because, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but Bitcoin is still hovering just under that 20 K mark. And, you know, like, a, like we've been talking about for, you know, a long time, the, you know, as crypto goes in general, so will Splinterlands, and so will lots of other things. But uh, if we let's zoom out here, if we look at a weekly chart here on Bitcoin. Let's let me take off all these indicators. How many raffle tickets were given during the last sale for a region? A uh, thousand. Uh, no, nine thousand. Sorry. Come on, copy, paste, there we go. Uh, so you can see that, you know, we're, we're bumping up against that, that all-time high with Bitcoin. 
And, you know, once we, once we push through, I think we pop up to like 30,000, like almost immediately. But, um, you know, we'll start to, we'll start to bring the normies back into crypto. You know, already I've been, I've heard from clients, uh, who just, you know, we talked about crypto just in general and they've been saying like, oh yeah, you know, I had bought some back in 2017 and I finally sold it because we got back to even. And, you know, they're talking about like $100, $500 worth of Bitcoin. So uh, these aren't people who mortgage their houses, fortunately. But, you know, that kind of activity is the beginning of, of the normies getting into crypto. And then they'll find things like Brave and they'll find the Splinterlands ads on Brave and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, they will, they will lead into the, the crypto market. Uh, you know, on top of that, you know, Ethereum 2.0, sort of launched last week. <laughs> uh, so, you know, obviously I'm not, I'm not huge into Ethereum. I'm not in on the, uh, on the, the internal workings of it. But, uh, so what I've discovered since, since the launch is that, um, it's going to be a two year process. Basically. So Ethereum two is always two years away. Uh, but, uh, so they, they've got it up and, and kind of running, then they're going to be uh, implementing the multi-threading and they're gonna which they're calling sharding and you know over time they will be transitioning from the proof of work uh, ethereum one into the proof of stake ethereum two so uh <laughs> just two more years uh and you know you know since ever since i've been in crypto i've heard that ethereum 2.0 and and proof of stake and, and all that kind of stuff is it's two years away but but now they're actually making some moves to, to show that that is somewhat real. So that is exciting in the sense that, you know, uh, gas fees are the killer of, of Ethereum usage. So, you know, if, if the network becomes, you know, 100 and however many times faster, then theoretically, you know, the gas fees will drop by a similar proportion. Then you got to balance that with the increase in volume uh, so that, you know, not just, you know, CryptoKitties by itself won't just break the uh, break the whole thing, but you know, all in all, you know, progress towards towards um, <laughs> progress towards easier uh, easier use and and lower cost of use are beneficial for crypto as a whole, and then that'll funnel into you know at least a portion will funnel into Splitterlands. And Cal's dropping tweets here. Let's see from Vitalik. The roadmap I made back in March updated with very rough and approximate progress, progress bars showing what has been done and some recent tweaks to the roadmap itself. A lot has been accomplished, but still a lot remains to be done. Sure it does. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's, uh, I, I understand that, that uh, development is not, a, uh, is not a straight line, but, you know, it's been, it's been very not a straight line for, uh, for this. So, you know, it's, it's still exciting to see. Um, <laughs> ETH1, ETH2 merged. No more POW right there. That is the whole thing. Once we get to there, then, <coughs> then things will work. Ah, uh, man. But, you know, the... Uh, the <laughs> by my rough calculations, are two years worth of work. Uh, but, you know, still... Splinterlands is making progress. Uh, no, you know, Agrod had had dropped in the chat uh, about a week ago that November had 3,500 signups, which is an enormous number. Uh, you know, but of those 420 spellbook purchases, which is still a, a nice number. 
So you know, if we go to hivedata.space to check out some some users, because it's all that's always the name of the game is users, users, users. All right, so let's look at uh, let's look at more than well, we can just look at the thirty days. That's fine. So there's November basically, and let's let's zoom out. Chart start date to six one. Usually, what I like to use users. Ba, ba, ba. Take off all these. So you can see, compared to October, November was up. You know, not hugely, but you know, up. And uh, you know, we uh, we have. Our season-ending spikes, as always, with all everybody, you know, trading cards and selling and everything, burning and and what have you. So, you know, I think that I think things are progressing. You know, we got the Google Play app now, um, which you know we went over last time. Some justifiable justifiable criticism on you know the optimization of that of that app listing. Uh, I know Yamba has talked has said that you know iOS is coming soon. I have I have. Um, you know, iPhone type stuff. So that is, um, you know, exciting for me, because you know. So like when I try to play on the on the mobile website, it's it's a little hard to use uh, still. So uh, you know, I'm hoping that actually a native app inside the the operating system will be a bit better. Uh, if any of you guys have actually used the Google Play uh, app, you know, let me know if it's if it's easier than the mobile site or or if it's just the same, because I don't actually know. And somebody has suggested I run an emulator on, <laughs> on uh, on my desktop, but you know I I can just wait. That's okay. <clears throat> so another thing that we have seen since the end of the previous or the stage two land sale is the price of dark edge crystals. So let's see if we can. Uh, so Crypto Reaper says it is a step in the right direction, but it still downloads all assets and uses a mobile browser. Okay, so that's not great. Um, you know those assets should be hard coded, I think, into the uh, into the app version, and so you don't have to download that every time. But you know uh, that is definitely definitely work in progress. Uh, so let's go back to Leodex. Let's go to Dark Energy Crystals. Actually, no. What am I even doing? Let's just do. Let's do, um, let's do Deck USD. Both. Is that the right command for Gerbot? Ah, there we go. Okay, so you can see here that the uh, you know the price went up, uh, hit parity with uh, you know a thousand splintoshis as Ag likes to call them, retreated a bit, and then went back up, and then has retreated uh, since. So you know, uh, and Gerber and I have been talking a lot about this. So right now we're hanging out at. Uh, I think it's uh, seven thousand or seven hundred rather. Let's see what uh, what Peak Monster says. Seventy one seventy nine right now. So seven hundred and eighteen Splintoshis. Why is my copy and paste not working? So right there. So, and you know, it's hard to see that going up anytime soon. Uh, so we had pre-sale number one. And the price of dark energy crystals, you know, rose leading into that, and people then then used their dark energy crystals, bought lands, 
And then the price started falling again. And pre-sale number two started coming around and prices started rising again. And then pre-sale number two happened. People used their dark energy crystals and prices retreated again. So, uh, you know, with that, with that said, and, you know, the, the buying intensity on pre-sale two was, was, you know, far less than a pre-sale one. And, you know, that makes sense because, you know, people have already bought you know, 30,000 uh, plots worth. And now with pre-sale number two out of the way, people have bought, uh, you know, uh, 60,000 plots worth. So the next pre-sale, which I'm not even sure when it is, is it the 18th? Something like that. Uh, the next pre-sale, you know, is probably going to grind out for a while. And I don't, I don't anticipate there being a whole lot of buying pressure. Um, let's go to shop, land... Okay, so, oh, 1219 is the next one. And that's going to be a 30% off. So you got to kind of figure that, you know, the, the market price of dark energy crystals is going to float around that same, uh, that same amount in order to give an equivalent U.S. dollar price to the, to the earlier pre-sales. So, uh, you know, pre-sale one, a region was 7,500. Pre-sale two, it was 9,000. So, you know, if pre-sale three, the actual, um, the actual, what do you call it, um, dark energy crystal price is going to be whatever 30% off of everything is. So it's going to be, what, uh, 20 million times 70% times, so that's going to be 14 million dark energy crystals. No, that's not right. That times... Um, 25% discount times 70%. Okay, so times 0.75. So it's going to be 10,500,000 dark energy crystals. So if that 10,500,000 is the same price in US dollar terms as the 7 million or uh, 7.5 million or, or 9 million it took uh, previously, then I can see some volume happening. But if, it's, if the price remains higher than that, then I think not. So, you know, you know, I think that we're going to stay in this, you know, 60 to 70 kind of range on the dark energy crystal price just to account for that, that arbitrage. And, uh, you know, as I'm saying that, I'm wondering if I overpaid <laughs> with, uh, with the 9 million dark energy crystals I, I spent on pre-sale number two. Um, you know, because it may very well end up being that I can get a region in pre-sale three for, a, for less in U.S. dollar terms, um, which may be something to think about. Uh, I will have to, I will have to think about that. So, um, you know, there's also, you know, the, the lottery here that, uh, is this the most recent one? Yeah. Final land pre-sale, Uniswap rewards, Leo tokens and more. Uh, the Leo thing is pretty cool. Uh, they are accepting Leo tokens and, you know, on the, on the AMA, that I was listening to Yeba talk about this, uh, he was saying that obviously it's very easy for them to accept any kind of uh, Hive Engine uh, layer token like Leo, but there just hasn't been a, uh, uh, a anything with enough volume or or anything to make it worthwhile to even you know pose the question. But now Leo uh, is <laughs> so, and you know uh, you know Cal obviously here is the Grand Poobah over at Leo, uh, and. You know, it's 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 fun to be part of our be part of that project in that, 
you know, something is successful and, and things are happening. Uh, so similar to um, similar to Splinterlands, uh, Leo has <laughs> Leo has uh, you know has its own onboarding system now, and they just dropped an update where you can actually sign up with Twitter, which is kind of amazing because uh, you know crypto Twitter is a big thing, and you know being able to bring people in from that ecosystem, you know, with with virtually no friction, is is amazing. And uh, I think it's even I think it's even a better sign up system than what Splinterlands has. Um, but both of the both of those projects are are doing a good job to you know make it easier and easier for people to, to come in uh, to the ecosystem. So uh, let's see third pre third land presale details. Yeah, we got all that. It's thirty thousand thirty percent discount and. Um, Let's see, land will remain available for purchase through the Splinterlands website at the 30% discounted price until either all 30,000 plots are sold or until January 1st, 2021, at which point any remaining plots from the third presale plus the 50,000 additional post-presale plots will be available for purchase at the base retail price. And uh, yeah, so they are they are going. Uh, and Hersh says, I guess Sand has the volume. Eh, maybe. Uh, I don't know if Sand has any value, though. I think it's all wash trading, isn't it? <laughs> So, let's see. Say, let's look at volume here. Uh, it, it did at that one that one day. It had a lot of volume, but lately not so much. And of course, the value is pretty low. I think whenever I have Evernote opens, it kind of steals my screen grabs. So I have to do it twice. But uh, yeah, I would not say that's worth bothering to implement. Um, so yeah, so as of yesterday, the second month of Uniswap LP rewards were available for claiming plots. Uh, so I got, uh, I had 18 from the first month and I had eight from the second month and then I cashed out, you know, to, to get to end our pre-sale number two. So if you haven't done that already, uh, you can uh, do that at any time now. And it's over on... Um, you know, if you go into Splinterlands under your your profile uh, section, you can see claim Uniswap reward. You just put in your wallet address, and then you're good to go. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm a fan of this kind of incentive system. So let's bring up my inventory here, so you can see how that all works. If my internet will work, okay. So. I've got here. You can see, I've got twenty six land plot claims. Those are from those are the eighteen plus the eight, and then you can see raffle tickets nine thousand. That's because of the nine million dark angel crystals I spent on land sale number two. So, you know, I, uh, with the with the raffle tickets, you know, at eight cents, it's still a nice it's still a nice chunk of change with nine thousand because that's that's seven hundred twenty dollars. Uh, if it ends up being worth more than that, I mean, right now they're going for sixteen cents, so that's you know almost fifteen hundred dollars in uh, in in U.S. dollar terms. I don't know if there's the volume to support that kind of trade, but I'm holding on for the actual raffle because even though my luck is terrible in general with these kinds of random events, uh, I still I'm still holding out hope. You know, maybe I you know somebody's going to win the region. Could be me. Somebody's going to win. Um, somebody's going to win. Uh, what do you call it? Um, legendary totems could be me, you know. And the expected value is the expected value. So if it's if it's fifteen hundred 
uh, US dollars worth, then I should get, you know, somewhere around $1,500. Uh, you know, obviously there's, there's variability in there that's, that's not accounted for, uh, you know, again, because we don't actually know the prices of totems. But, you know, I'm, with, with the number that I have, I am, I'm confident that I will get some degree of something. <laughs> and to me, that's going to be worth more than the $1,500. So I'm, I'm sticking in for the raffle for the long haul of another month or so. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. I will, of course, be updating everybody, you know, with, uh, with, with whatever happens. Uh, here's the Leo announcement. Uh, roadmap update, which is pretty nice. I always love roadmap updates. Let's come on, copy, paste. We got uh, Google Play Store mobile app submission is complete. iTunes, December, January. Land pre-sale January, Guild Wars Q1 2021, which I think the latest term is Guild Brawl or something like that. Uh, In-game inventory management for avatars and skins, Q1 2021. This, I think, is actually much bigger than than anybody is, seems to be paying, paying attention to. Uh, you know, people love skins. You know, people like to customize things, uh, put their own unique spins on things. The problem with the skins so far is that, A, they're not easily tradable. Yes, you can do it. Uh, you know, if you know how to how to publish the right uh, JSONs, like I know Yasek can do it, uh, but you know it's pain, and you know there needs to be an in-game system to do that. So, also the skins that have been created are not in demand, and you know you can see that very easily by going to the actual shop and, and looking for them. There's uh, you know there's only one set, and you know there's like a lot of them have been ten or twenty sold. Um, not a lot. So, you know, <laughs> Swoop is here. So Swoop could actually, I think, I think, uh, make his own skin for, you know, the various cards, and then he can play his own stuff. And I think, you know, for, for the artists that are on NFT showroom and all that kind of stuff, that's going to be way more attractive uh, from a user standpoint than just these kind of, um, you know, skins from on high. So, you know, having that, having that participation, you know, in the community, I think is gonna be way, way better. Uh, new player mode tutorial for mobile Q1 2021. Obviously that is important, getting uh, those players, you know, into the game and, and having them understand how everything works. Praetoria map release and land claims redemption Q2 2021. Boss fights achievements. <laughs> Boss fights are coming someday. Uh, yeah, Swoop is gonna mix up skin on his skins. And don't ask for any skin from Swoop because he will send you terrible pictures of himself. <laughs> so, uh, well, unless you want to see that kind of thing. But my recommendation is no. Uh, yeah. So, so that's kind of that's kind of the st <laughs> it's kind of the state of things. Rondon's waiting for the for the aggroed unicorn uh, skin. You know, that could be a sacred. You know, maybe that'd be the baby unicorn. I, th I think that'd be more appropriate than the sacred unicorn. Um, but yeah, why not? Right. Uh, I, I do think, you know, with the skins, there does need to be some sort of moderator review, uh, because one, it's gotta be, you know, family friendly, but two, it also has to be, you know, recognizable. So, you know, if, if I'm in a match and, you know, I, the other team gets revealed and, and my team gets revealed, and especially once we have items and spells, then I need to be able to look at a glance and see what the other team has, uh, rather than trying to figure out, you know, like, well, if I hover over this monster, I can see what it is. You know, I need to be able to have uh, a more rapid, more rapid uh, identification 
of my opponent's cards than that. So uh, Ronan's going to keep lobbying until it happens. You you go for it with your clown power. I believe in you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there could be some fun stuff, but uh, it's got to be reasonable in, in the context of the game. So that's, that's my only thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, there could be lots of sacred unicorns. Unicorns are pretty, pretty easy to identify. They've got these uh, big horns on their heads. Um, you know, elemental phoenix, you know, you can draw a phoenix, you know, many different ways. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is, but, you know, I think having the community involvement there is going to be way more attractive than, than all that other stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the state of things. I think, uh, you know, dark engine crystal prices, are going to stay lower. Uh, they're not going to reach par value into pre-sale number three. And then after that, you know, the the demand on of Dark Energy Crystals, uh, you know, I don't see much of a catalyst anytime soon for that to go up. So if you're taking the long view of the of the Dark Energy Crystal market, then you might consider it's like, well, once lands gets released, that's not the end of the Dark Energy Crystal sink. Because then you got to do buildings, and then you got to upgrade buildings, and you know then you know you're gonna need to put monsters and summoners into those into those buildings and have them working the lands. Um, so all of that's going to require dark energy crystal, and you know the um, the dark energy crystal spent on the lands themselves, you know, are going into you know general funds of splinter lands, but the building updates and all those kind of things are going to be burned from at least that's from what I understand. So once once those kick in, you know the the inflation will go you know way down, um, and then you know theoretically price will will compensate for that. So you know that's that's a very long term view though because you know I realistic, realistically I don't see lands rolling out before you know Q four twenty twenty one. And uh, yeah, Roundhouse making the point that the current skins are expensive and they are. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's certainly a, uh, a whale purchase <laughs> at that point. Um, you know, but, you know, cards have been doing well, you know, we can see that, uh, what's a good, what's a good mark? Well, we can just look at the market cap from SM Voter Hut. Let's do market cap there. So you can see market cap's been, been rising nicely you know and uh you know we're at we're at all-time highs essentially so what is that six point or just under six million now of course the way um 5.816 the way they count things is a little a little aggressive in that they're they're basically going off list prices rather than market prices you know peak monsters implemented their new uh bid well not new but like expanded uh bid bidding system you guys should check out that post. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, I like how like if I'm selling cards, I can now see the current bid right in the card display. Um, so I'm I'm a fan there. Uh, why is this not working? Let's try retry. There we go. Okay. So market six point. Okay, so that's so Jarby that that market value is for. For all cards total, or just all cards listed? Uh, that's one thing I've wondered about. Um, the uh, uh, 5.108. Okay. You know, so, you know, taking 
15% off the market cap value from Splinterlands. Um, so yeah, so I mean, things things are doing well, uh, you know, card wise. And I've, you know, of course, I keep track of my uh, collection value, you know, from week to week, and it's been going up, which I like. So let me pull up a compute here. So right now I'm at 86. That's all cards total. All right, great. Uh, try again. Everything is doing well versus Hive. <laughs> uh, that's true. Okay. So, you know, a couple weeks ago that was 84, and then it was 82 before that, and, you know, it got that number got down to 56. Uh, so it's gone up quite a bit uh, since then. It's still a little short of, of all-time highs. Uh, so, like, right before or right when Untamed was being released, that, that number got up to, like, 96, something like that. And um, so still recovering from that, you know, but in general, market is recovering and, and doing, doing well. You know, one thing I, I realized uh, after, after uh, looking at my, my card collection there was that, you know, I'm, I'm really, really, really heavily overweighted into, uh, into Splinterlands. So, you know, I've got, I've got this card collection. I've got, uh, you know, half of deck, the Deck 101 service. I've got, you know, this, this region sitting in my inventory. So all in, that ends up being 57% of all my crypto. <laughs> so, so 57% is, is too much. Uh, so I've actually started, you know, I'm not selling anything. Uh, I'm not selling any, any of my productive, you know, cards or anything. But, you know, I am taking my earnings and I'm, you know, I'm, you know in Dark Ender Crystals and I'm selling those. Um, I also listed my, my gold dice for sale because you know i when i bought it into into dice i knew that i was only going to be maxing out a regular set and the gold set i just wasn't going to do so i listed those for sale and i've sold some of them you know a lot of the uh, a lot of the summoners and things uh <laughs> ron dunn says neil is exit scamming yeah that is uh that's me and exit scam but uh, you know basically i'm just rolling profits out that's all and i'm distributing that into other things so uh you know uh lately i've been buying ethereum uh with my with my uh deck earnings so <laughs> charmy says it's burning down all around us oh no uh yeah but you know i'm still number number one you know outside the team whale and, and that will remain uh that's for sure uh you know plus you know once once lands roll out i might actually have to buy some cards uh, i don't know so like you know i have uh, I have 19,000 cards. <laughs> Clay's Exoscaming on Pal. Oh, that's, uh, that's a fun thing we should talk about, uh, is the prediction markets. Um, you know, those are coming along, you know, we're in testing and, uh, and things are, things are rolling along there. So I think, uh, I don't know, Clay, if you have a date in mind, uh, Clay's also part of the, uh, the predictions. Um, but it is, uh, it's coming along. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, so yeah, so I've got 19,000 cards, you know, 185,000 BCX inside of that. And, you know, most of that is, is working, you know, they're, they're in deck 404 teams. They're delegated to my, my personal playing account and, you know, they're, they're playing the game. Uh, but you know, I have, I have, uh, you know, my, my idle assets, 
Uh, Clayboy says beta for prediction markets will be soon, maybe within a week, two weeks tops. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, that's about what I thought as well. Let's see if I can actually get this to load. There we go. You know, when you have so many cards inside Peak Monsters, it takes a while to to actually you know pull the uh, the data. So let's say delegated is no, on market is no. But man, these filters on the bulk view is just phenomenal. Just gonna wait for it to update. Uh, could be tomorrow, depending on what Dev has been doing the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems pretty functional. It's ugly, but it's pretty functional. Uh, come on, Peak Monsters. Loading, loading, loading. All right, let's let's try this again. Delegated, no. On market, no. And... Oh, it's somehow I chose life in there. All right. Take that off. Come on. Ugh. All right. So, yeah, I've got all these idle cards. And, you know, how many of them will I need for lands? For You know, I've got a thousand plots. And I really just don't know. Um, I, you know, I've got a lot of alpha cards, a lot of beta cards. Untamed is pretty well delegated out. Uh, you know, Clay says, yeah, once he gets to meat and potatoes, then we'll find some super website designer guru to making it pretty. I think, I think we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, rope in Krim to do that, aren't we? Wasn't that the, uh, <laughs> the plan? <laughs> Get some free labor? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Jarvie's laughing at me. My first world problems. My account is too big for the for the site slowing things down. But uh, but yeah, so you know I've got uh, you know a few thousand uh, cards sitting there, and these are mostly level one uncombines. And so what we don't know is, you know, we don't know how many how many cards will be applicable to each plot. We don't know what percentage of plots will need those. We don't know if the BCX of the cards. Uh, matter for the for the improvement um, on the on the you know mine or whatever to farm or something. Uh, you you got to think that it will right because you know that's that's you know how they want you to buy uh, how they want you to buy stuff. So you know all of those are going to be sinks um, and prices should should rise you know commensurately. We'll see we'll see how it goes though. But again you know it's a year away so. You know how much you know time value of money is it worth doing? So you know in my in my yield farming, you know I'm making you know 17, 25, 30 percent uh, on those. Uh, you know minus gas fees and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it ends up around like 23. But um, you know that's that's a good chunk of change. I'm actually I've actually started the process of putting some fiat into yield farming, um, and that will you know help dilute my my uh, my portfolio imbalance with Splinterlands as well. So you know, all in all, I think I think things are you know swimming along. The only the only uh, you know not bright spot I think is that you know the price of dark energy crystals is 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 not going to rebound for a while. But if you have a long term view and you, you know you're happy making a hundred percent in a year, then 
you know, when it, I wouldn't say right now, but you know, when we're talking the sixties and the fifties, you know, if it gets down that far, that's definitely a buy. Um, where are my, where am I yield farming? I, I'm doing it primarily on curve and Uniswap. Um, so those, those are the two platforms that I use the most. Uh, you know, there's compound finance, there's yearn, um, there's swerve, um, there's, um, waves. Uh, so, you know, there are a bunch of them out there. You know, I was on DeFi box, which was an EOS platform, but the yields there just went to shit. So I, uh, just cashed that out and still had to keep a hundred EOS stake though, because that's what you need to do in order to do anything. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just a little bit ridiculous that I have to keep, well, you know, EOS is three bucks now, so I have to keep $300 staked there just to operate on the network. That is totally out of whack. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if they have any developments that are in the pipeline to address that, or if they're just saying, well, you know, we got our billion dollars, so <laughs> that'll be fine. Um, you know, what I don't know, actually, is how the, the sister chains of EOS uh, have handled that, like... Um, like wax, um, I don't know if they are in a similar kind of position or not. So if any of you guys know about wax, then you know, let me know, because I'd be curious. So, so yeah. Um, all in all, I think we are doing well. Uh, oh, I forgot about this post altogether. <laughs> EOS is a literal hot pile of shit, in my opinion, according to Clay. So I was starting to talk about this, and then I I got distracted. Uh, so I wrote this post, you know, what was it, five days ago, four days ago? The crypto revolution is just getting started. And what I'm talking about in this post is that, you know, crypto is still very much a, a small minority, very small minority of people who, you know, even, even people who just buy on Coinbase uh, is still a, a very small fraction. You know, the... Uh, the promise of crypto is is literally revolutionary in that you know by using this alternative financial asset as a means of of exchange then you know you are taking power away from your local governments because if they don't have the power to print money and they don't have the power to pay the the people to do the things they want to do then they can't do anything so with uh with bitcoin you know approaching its all-time highs and or at its all-time highs you know when it breaks through which i think it will then you know the normies will start to start to pile in you know and they'll be doing it just as a momentum trade which is fine uh you know a a certain percentage of them will will make the leap and come into the crypto world and and be part of like soup says DeFi is the killer app i totally agree um they'll be they'll be into you know blockchain gaming like you know splinterlands or some of the other ones you know um there's there's definitely plenty of games there but um you know once that happens you know the whole the whole thing changes um and i think i think people really really underestimate uh defi and and how that's going to implement going to interact with everything because you know once you have defi in a way that scales and works you don't need banks you don't need credit cards you don't need mortgage companies those are all dead industries they're 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 dead men walking they just don't know it yet so uh, you know once people once people make that transition mentally into you know taking control of their money can take control of their assets uh you know i think that's that's one that's nothing but good for the world but also for for splinterland specifically 
you know, they will be that much more attracted versus things like, you know, Hearthstone or, or online Magic the Gathering or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, like I said, in this article, you know, we are, we are really just getting started right now. You know, we have maybe 3% of the, of the market share. Um, but, you know, once we get to that 10%, 20%, 30%, then, then things will really, really change, you know, worldwide. Um, so, <laughs> Clay says, but Neil, who will charge people 29% APR and compounding lay fees and penalties? You know, I, I am sure people will find a way, you know, but, uh, you know, that is kind of a typical, uh, that is kind of a typical credit card. And Clay got a level, so I have to drink. I actually have a drink right here, so. It's root beer, but it is beer, right? That counts. <laughs> uh, Inertia says, it's funny how Brave gives me more ads about Splinterlands when I'm on Splinterlands. I, I you know, I have seemed to, to notice the same kind of thing, but I don't know if that's just, you know, the way you perceive things. What's that, what's that effect, like the Dunning-Kruger effect, where you have a thing and then you see more of that thing in the world? I don't know. Uh, but, <laughs> but there are definitely a lot of Splinterlands ads, which I'm happy to see. And uh, so I'm I'm making money from Splinterlands a couple of ways, right? Because I get I get a little bit of bat every time I click on one of those uh, those little ad windows saying you know cl- even I think even when you say close you still get a uh, reward for that as far as I understand anyway. And you know bat I am holding I don't know I've got like fifteen thousand twenty thousand something like that confirmation bias I don't think it's confirmation bias but uh, yeah so so you know all in. These are early days. I think crypto going to all-time highs and breaking those all-time highs, bringing in the normies, uh, you know, lands coming out, the guild wars, all of that kind of stuff is going to be just, you know, pumping into into Splinterlands in a great way. So I'm bullish. You know, the only reason I am I am selling anything is just because, you know, as a percentage, this is way out of whack. You know, 57% of everything... Um, it's just too much. But that is actually all the time we have for today. Now, normally there would be the Scaredy Cat Investor Show, but he's on hiatus for, I don't know, like two months or something. I think we maybe have one month left on that. But um, yeah, so otherwise, we will see you next time.